the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Good afternoon. What another, my goodness God, is good. Another beautiful day. Uh, a lot of people don't take this time of year off. Uh, it's a little early for the vacation season, but if you did, uh, boy, talk about a win. <laughs> One nice... <coughs> Excuse me, not a COVID cough. One nice day after another. And then um, the rest of the week is that, you know, it's actually very nice. This is a good time. And I want to welcome everyone. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Many people are listening online at the website, DePietro.com. You know, I have, I get emails sometimes from people that say, you know, Juan, I, I can get, and I listen on AM 1380, but I really like that it's such a clear sound. It's better than any radio I have. And so I just really like listening at the website, topetro.com, and that's completely fine. So you're not alone. Many people do. Uh, and then I also want to say uh, good afternoon, everyone enjoying our live stream. You hear me give out some uh, hellos and shout outs, whether there's our friend Ryan or Anna. That's exactly right. Or uh, Tracy Pellegrino and Kerry had a very nice first communion. And Mary, you hear me mention the different people. I certainly don't do it the way I, I used to, other than when we do one after dark and you can see some of the great merchandise we have. But good afternoon, Dan Hawkins, all the supporters on um, our live stream, Facebook Live. Folks, you can also remember inside the shop, get great merchandise, such as the one after dark merchandise or the DePetro Show merchandise. Uh, and if you're... If, listen, if you like original, mer- I like to have something where people are like, wow, where'd you get that? I don't, you know, you don't see anyone else wearing it, uh, such as some of the other original merchandise, 401 and uh, some other things that we have. The Coinomatic, of course. Someone asked me, you know, what, what is with the Coinomatic thing? I'll explain that a little bit later. But uh, as we're off and running on this Wednesday, June 9th, this portion of the program, folks, is brought to you by Rhode Island's number one garden center. That's right. And what a season they are having. And I'm not surprised. It's PR. <coughs> Excuse me. Last cough of the hour. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Steve and Debbie and Junior and Byron, they're open seven days a week. The service is just tremendous. And this comes at a time where service is becoming like a lost art. Good luck. Although I did want to mention, um, I went to I went to a store the other day, and the guy, the it was a young man. He actually walked me down the aisle where the thing is, which is unusual. I used to do that when I worked at Sutton's IGA and Governor Francis. But anyway, getting back, PR landscape materials and garden center. Make your property beautiful. Hibiscus bushes, mandevillas, uh, annuals, perennials, trees and shrubs, mulch, loam and stone. Family-run business. They're open seven days a week. I'll tell you, they work. And they are talented. Steve and Debbie and Junior and Byron. Look for them on Facebook. And again, stop in. Father's Day is coming. Get a gift certificate. Get a nice plant. Um, whatever it may be. One of the DePetro children said, you know, Dad, your birthday is coming up. And, and also Father's Day is coming up. And what, and I said, one answer. Or how many were? PR, Landscape Materials, and Garden Center. That's what I told. I said, whatever you get, that's where I want it from. And I have an idea, actually, what I want. Well, folks, again, you hear me mention the website, DePetro.com. And it's... Um, we were the first one with so many different stories. And, folks, by the way, we're making efforts. That's not only going to continue. It's going to get even bigger and larger as the program continues to grow and evolve. Uh, this portion of the show is brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Stop off and see them. You can um, link right through at the website. But they are just terrific. Since 1977, great menu, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. The Coesed Inn Restaurant Bar open daily, noon to 10 o'clock. At the Quisit Inn. All right, we're going to get uh, right to it. Big win last night in South Kingstown with the head of the school committee resigned. You know, I actually talk about Juan needs a life. Um, <coughs> my goodness, third, <coughs> fourth COVID cough. No, it's not COVID. I think it's just allergies. I apologize, folks. I don't have a cough button. Um, I have to install one. But anyhow, big win in South Kingstown last night as the head of the school committee was forced to resign. And and it's about time that that person was forced to resign because that that place is beyond dysfunctional. And I, I, I actually watched some of the school committee last night on Zoom 
And I, I, no wonder that place is a mess. They are the most self-absorbed group of woke progressives. What an absolute embarrassing disgrace that those people are. No wonder the place is a mess. And now look at this. I'm looking. Channel 12 just posted a story. East Greenwich students refuse to let vandals silence their Pride Month message. I, I did this that story on Sunday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Ugh, you know, that rock is always, there's always kids painting on it. Vandals. If they somebody paints happy birthday, Harry, uh, you know, will you go with me to prom? Um, uh, Felipe, um, you know, uh, have a Merry Christmas uh, Julio and all kinds of messages are painted. So they they painted pride and then somebody just put an X through it. But my point is, I did that Sunday afternoon. It's Wednesday. You know, come on, as they say, be better. But I want to get to that South Kingstown uh, where Nicole, that that head of the school committee, she is such a disgrace. And she's the one saying, if you don't want to teach anti-racism, that makes you a racist. I mean, it's it's frightening. But when you look at, you know, her body of work and her background, uh, you know, grew up in South Kingstown, went to URI, works at CCRI. Her, her idea of traveling out of state is like going to Attleboro, right? Like, you know, never been, never lived anywhere else, uh, probably never been to the West Coast, never been outside of the country, just total, you know, I, you know, has never left like a 10 mile radius for crying out loud. The big commute is commuting to CCRI. <clears throat> so, um, but I'm so glad because there's a real scandal there. There's a real scandal in South Kingstown, and I'm going to get to the story about um, with with Mayor Lorza, and again, what the damaging that he is inflicting, and what he's trying to do, and trying to make Juneteenth as much as I'm honored that he wants to make my birthday a national holiday. I don't know why it has to be a paid national holiday, but I'll get to that in just a moment. But but South Kingstown, just so you're clear, and again, I want to credit Channel 12 for doing the story, but. There was a bond issue, and this real sleazebag political consultant, Brad Default, who, was, who would testify during the real sleazy Brit money laundering trial involving Mattiello. And these, these people, they're nothing more than real, like, political sleaze. Hesitate to even use the word human. But <clears throat> so he was – he testified in that, that he put out this mailer. So – he sent out a mailer to children in South Kingstown. Children, eight and nine-year-old boys and girls. They were trying to get their parents to pass a bond. So, but here's the point. Somebody leaked addresses. Now, we don't know what kind of information they gave them. But someone gave to Brad Default, this sleazy, sleazy operative, Personal information, addresses. Now, I don't know. I've heard email addresses, certainly their home mailing address. But in essence, he was then able to communicate with young children under the age of 18, students at the schools, all in a pathetic attempt to almost try to get their parent, you know, say, hey, mom and dad, vote for this, blah, 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 bond issue. But what is so disturbing about that is he was sending private going around the parents how would you feel about a grown man sending messages to children unbeknownst to the parents i i mean i think that's criminal there should be an investigation with that where's the attorney general but somebody leaked him that info now i believe you know you can kind of tell all fingers should point in the direction of the union member that sits on the board but we don't know that but in typical fashion, you know, ignores it, doesn't respond to it. I don't have to answer questions about it. Really, really despicable. But I am just glad that our friend Nicole, who, you know, she she took some incoming and she's a parent. And obviously it's been terrible the way she's been treated by and. 
for simply trying to get some basic answers about what are we teaching children in the schools about gender, about race. I mean, things that they should be forthcoming. But that school committee was just rotten to her and threatening to sue her. And so the head of the school committee then did step down last night, which is good. Uh, But no wonder they're, I mean, they are just a mess. And they were all like, hooray for, oh my, I mean, good luck to the poor people. You know, you elected them though, right? I mean, elections have consequences. So, but that was a big win for, I'm glad for Nicole, because that, Emily Kaminsky is her name. She was the head of school committee. I mean, what a disaster. And the people down there should be riled up, but this is spreading now. The people in Borington are saying, we want to see what you're teaching the kids. And like, enough of this. There's no more boys' room. There's no girls' room. Everybody's the same. There's no difference. You know, all the students in the class, everybody stand up. If you're white, apologize because you're a racist. You know, to do that to a five-year-old, you know, repeat after me. I apologize. I apologize for my racist grandparents. For my racist grandparents. I I apologize for my racist parents. You know, they get the... And by the way, parents in Virginia, all over the country are fighting them. Where the teachers have the kids stand up, you know, repeat after me. I I apologize for my racist family and parents and grandparents. And America is a shameful nation. America is a shameful nation. I mean, it's just that's what they're teaching. Do you know 75 percent, 75 percent of high school seniors 75% of high school seniors could not come within 100 years of when the Civil War was, when it was fought. 75% couldn't come within 100 years, meaning if you said, was it uh, 19, you know, was it... um, 100 years of 1860, was it it 1780? Boom, that, at least you're within 100 years. If you said, was that in uh, 1950? Boom, that's within 100 years. 75% couldn't come within 100 years. So why don't we start with the basics before we start to go off into some of these other areas. Now, I'm going to play the Alorza package in just a moment. Folks, again, good afternoon. It is Juan. It's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program, you know, I can't say enough good things. I've received a nice email, one of our listeners. Her husband was injured at work and he is laid up and we want to wish him a speedy recovery, but it looks pretty bad. Bad workplace injury. And unfortunately, the insurance company was trying to lowball them. And the bills are piling up, and, and this is terrible. And this poor man, the injuries he sustained at work. And I said, I said two words, Jack Calvino, you need a fighter. Okay, fight back, call Jack. They offer you nickels, pennies, dimes on the dollar. Fight back, call Jack, 401-785-9400. She said, Juan, when Jack Calvino entered, the whole dynamic changed. Fight back, call Jack, auto accident motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, domestic abuse. You need a fighter. You need Jack Calvino. 401-785-9400 or online. Free consultation. Online. Fight back. Call Jack.com. If you know someone who was in a slip and fall, workplace injury, domestic abuse, dog bite, auto accident, motorcycle accident, call Jack Calvino. Free consultation, 401-785-9400. Now, if you missed the Lincoln Woods Brawl, that's on the website, dipetro.com. And don't forget, dipetro.com, which is brought to you by Soul Source Restoration. Call Mike Seepy and his crew. Free quote, 401-712-2700. 401-712-2700. Soul Source Restoration. All right, I want to get to the mayor of Providence, Jorge Elijah is um he's trying to now make my birthday a national paid holiday now i'm i should be you know he's trying to propose juneteenth a paid holiday for city workers so juneteenth which is well I'll, i'll just play the channel 12 um piece on this so i'm flattered he wants to make my birthday a paid holiday but i does it really have to be a paid holiday for 
for uh, city workers. This is all just in a desperate attempt to try to get the the vote for governor. All right, here it is. Here is the Channel 12 story. An effort to give Providence city workers the day off for Juneteenth, a day to honor the end of slavery, is getting some pushback from city council members. Reporter Kayla Fish joining us live with a look at the proposal and where it stands new this morning. Well, Juneteenth is short for June 19th, marking the day when federal troops arrived in Texas in 1865 to ensure slaves were freed. It's considered the longest-running African-American holiday, and there's a push to make it a paid holiday for Providence City workers. Now, this ordinance, adding Juneteenth to the list of paid city holidays, was discussed by the Finance Committee last night. A representative from the mayor's office says community members have been calling for this for more than a year. But councilors are taking issue with the costs associated with adding the holiday. The finance director says giving Juneteenth holiday pay to city employees, including police and fire, would be about $303,000. But the city treasurer says it would actually be much higher to include the cost of having other people cover for those who are given the day off. How are we going to look to the taxpayers of the city of Providence saying, okay, we're adding another holiday? I don't see that flying too good with my constituents. A financial investment cannot always be justified by a monetary ROI, but sometimes it's the collective good, will, and morale of a people who feel seen and celebrated. And the ensuing productivity and work as part of our municipal collective, um, this will create a platform by which we can begin the healing work of unity so desperately needed. Now, the item was ultimately continued to give the city treasurer and the mayor's administration more time to work out a way to reduce the cost to the city, including possibly swapping Juneteenth with another holiday on the existing list. Juneteenth is next Saturday. Live in studio this morning, I'm Kayla Fish, 12 News. You know, this whole business now of, well, I guess it could be, why does it have to be, never mind, let alone a false on a Saturday. You know, that is nothing more then Alorza, it's one thing, they're basically creating creating a new um creating a new holiday, right? To go over and cover um slavery. And that's one thing. But to suddenly now Alorza, it has to be see, this is nothing more been a desperate move by the mayor of Providence, uh, much like everything now. If you look at what he did with Black Lives Matter Plaza, renaming Kennedy Plaza, Black Lives Matter Plaza, painting that. The question is how much, what's going to be done? This goes beyond political pandering. This is someone who is making all these moves really just in an attempt to garner favor in his bid for governor. And I do want to mention that Yesterday, it was refreshing. And again, folks, good afternoon. It's Juan. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. The Governor McKee swatted away. I was the one that asked that. And again, if you if you go to the website, DePietro.com, I broke the story that Mayor Lorsa sent out a fundraising letter. And you can find it on the website where we have original stories, original Folks, unique content you won't find anywhere else other than sometimes days later. Alorza claims he's negotiating a teacher's contract. He sent out a fundraising letter. And Governor McKee, to his credit, said no. He's not involved with that. No. He is not involved with that in any way. You can also see the beach brawl at Lincoln Woods. And then the bombshell regarding the um, why is the state trying to mislead the feds regarding the arson fire in Warwick. And and a lot more. It's all right there on the website. DePetro.com. But. But what I like is there's some other people that would have said, well, you know, a lot of people, blah, blah, blah. Governor McKee said, no, he is not involved. He is not. Folks, this is all, you know, the politicization of trying to, you know, a Lord's just trying to glob onto this. And, you know, and that's me. I'm the one. He has nothing to do with that. But and, and it's so outrageous. I mean, the city of Providence, they want to borrow one <laughs> billion dollars for the pension and he put in his fundraising letter again you can read it on the website that um i'm reforming the pension system and i'm renegotiating i'm negotiating a new teacher's contract he's he's not even involved with either one reforming pensions is borrowing one billion dollars to make it happen Uh, that's reforming it 
Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Cool Geek. Now, remember, this is hot. It's going to be a hot summer. And you have a couple of choices here. Now, if you like, you know, you could certainly sweat your way through the summer of 2021. Or you could call our guy, Coogie, R.E. Coogan and Heating today, 401-732-6562, R.E. Coogan and Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore our services, plumbing, heating, and cooling. As Coogie says, let us in your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating. From winter to summer, the train technicians, 100% service, one customer at a time. Service mate calls, maintenance agreements. Do you need a good plumber? Contact R.E. Coogan and Heating today. Or maybe for a cooling system. Now, one of our uh, listeners had a problem. You know, they thought they had central air, except it wasn't working officially. They called Coogie, R.E. Coogan and Heating, 732-6562, and they straightened it right out for them. Folks, they're the best. Give them a call, R.E. Coogan and Heating. Well, folks, good afternoon. It is Juan. It is uh, John DePietro. You know, this stuff with Alorza, again, he, don't underestimate him. Don't underestimate him. And if they want to introduce... Uh, in recognize Juneteenth. Okay, for number one, it falls on a Saturday. Why does it have to become a paid holiday? A paid holiday for city workers. Juneteenth, uh, who'd ever think my birthday, June 19th, would be a national holiday? Uh, but that, you know, that that's Mayor Lorza, and it needs to be called, he needs to be called out in that fashion. People are speaking out. You have a right to speak out. Without being accused of being a racist. And I, I want to repeat that. You know, what's going on down in South Kingstown and the bullying towards Nicole and then some of these other communities. And um, you, you, we have a right. You have a right. I don't buy this whole thing that we're all just a bunch of racists. Uh, I, I refuse to believe that. And... If if they want to start to compare histories, <clears throat> you know, look what look what uh, look at some of the different nations around the world. For for these people to try to convince our youth, and it is indoctrination, and that you're you know to bring children in, <clears throat> and your your parents are racist, and your grandparents are racist, and if anyone tells you. That there's a difference between a boy and a girl. Don't listen to them. There is a difference between a boy and a girl. When when a child is born, when the miracle of life happens, there the doctor, there is a birth certificate. And there is a gender checked off. Now, later on, as the person gets older, as they progress, if they feel, for whatever reason... That they're more comfortable assuming the role of another gender. That is a complete decision they can make. But we're in dangerous territory if we refuse to accept that that boy, you know, that there's a boy that was born and a girl that was born. By the way, this is also a big thing in certain progressive enclaves, Cambridge, Mass, um, certain parts of the country where parents... They give the child kind of a non-gender name. You know, oh, who's the, oh, did you, what's the baby's name? Stone. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, the child's dressed in gray. Hmm. Is it a boy or a girl? You know, this happened in Cambridge. The parents, they see the mother's expecting. And then a month later, oh, there's the baby. What's the, what you, yeah, we named the baby Stone. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and the child's in gray. Is it a boy or a girl? Well, that's really none of your business. And actually, as the child's parents, it's none of our business. We're going to let the child decide if it's a boy or a girl. I mean, it's so ridiculous when you think about it. It's insane. Hey, listen, you know, when you change in the diaper, it's... Um, I'm not Dr. Ruth, but um, I may be Dr. Juan. It's pretty, in the hospital, you pretty quickly identify, do we have a boy or a girl here? So 
these people don't want to go through the whole element of that of yes you know as they're at starbucks or seven stars uh we had a baby and the baby's name is river Oh, that's interesting. And we dress River in gray, and we're going to let River uh, decide their gender when they're older. They're going to decide if they're a boy or a girl. I mean, it's how much of this lunacy do you want to listen to? So, but, but to try to pass that off in school, that's where people then break off. Like, hold on a minute. So, all right, now we're going to talk to Brenda Jacobs coming up in a moment. I, I saw Brenda yesterday. Folks, Juan had a very busy afternoon. I was down at one, two press briefings, plus then did the one after dark, uh, and then broke a story in the meantime. So, uh, but they had the big gun safety press conference, you know, and I was, was trying to explain to some people, and, and the crowd that's there is, is not exactly my crowd, to put it mildly, Um what, I, I repeat, and I'll, I'm going to, as I said to Brenda, what, tell me again, why are we punishing law-abiding citizens? Why are we punishing legal gun owners? The, the violence that you're hearing, the gang warfare that's taking place in the city of Providence, it's not, none of them are legal gun owners. None of them are legal gun owners. If anything, they're getting guns from out of state. They're not legal gun owners. They're stealing guns, and they, whatever, but... So why are you punishing legal gun owners? This political wokeness has got to come to a stop before we get Brenda on the line. Folks, this portion of the program is by the way, it's my health. Now, listen, it's a nice day. Pop it and see our friend Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, because it's your health and it's our health and it's it's my health. Diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. Vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies understand quality and integrity. Great local products like a Kai Berry, honey maple syrup. It's my health. You know, you've seen that. Uh, the Old White Church right there on Menden Road in Cumberland. And inside, Marie is just terrific. Listen, shop local. There's good luck. There, there's, you may order some of these products online. Just buy them locally. Support a local business, 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, and essential oils, body oils, soap. It's my health. Stop in there. Poke around. Maria's terrific. Let me get um, Brenda Jacobs on the line, who is, um, oh, good, who's just uh, terrific. Okay. And uh, I was with her yesterday at the uh, Rhode Island State House. And she is, uh, there she is. Folks, joining us on the line right now is our friend representing the Second Amendment uh, Patriots, is our friend Brenda Jacobs. Good afternoon, Brenda. Hi, how are you today? Good. Hey, it was great to see you yesterday. Um, You're far more patient than I am. What can you tell us before we get to the big rally that's happening tomorrow? What was your takeaway from the big gun safety uh, press conference they had yesterday uh, outside of the state house. Well, it's very disturbing that you have all of these officials up there believing the fake information that's being you know that's that's being put out there. You know they kept mentioning the seventy percent of Rhode Islanders, seventy percent of Rhode Islanders, and you know we all know by their own admission that that seventy percent is based on a poll of only six hundred people. Um, you know, so you have 60,000 new firearms in this state and you're telling me that 600 people represent all of Rhode Island, you know, and that's what a lot of their data is based on. And, you know, it's just amazing that our legislators are forced to make decisions with such little credible evidence to go on. Now, Brenda, what were, um, well, on top of that, folks, they also had a power cord plugged into a state vehicle for their big press conference. But what was, some, you know, the things that they're talking about, I still don't see how this affects or why it still seems like a knee-jerk reaction. This stuff about assault weapons and also, uh, you know, uh, mags and so forth. I mean, not all of the weapons used were handguns. Uh, these weren't legal gun owners. I, I, I didn't hear any. Go ahead. Go ahead. They were criminals to begin with. Yes. You know, and it, and it also numerous times it shows their lack of knowledge of firearms, too, because 
even you know the attorney general was talking about the two two three going through both windows. Another gun wouldn't do that. That's not true. <laughs> you know, like they don't even they just don't even have basic knowledge of firearms and firearm operations. And you know, again, you don't have you know people that are up to speed and, and educated in this uh, on firearms, and they're they're making these laws and. I really feel, you know, my worry is that by enacting some of these laws, you're actually going to make Rhode Island less safe because, you know, you're going to have the criminals are going to be better armed than, than the law-abiding citizens. And to me, that, that's a recipe for, for disaster, to, to give them that upper hand, you know. And we also did, um, I saw he was, um, they were questioned about the plea bargaining and you know, and why can't he prosecute the people, the, the person that did the straw purchase of 89 firearms? You know, like that, there's a law on the books already for straw purchasing. Why, what, what did he mean by he can't prosecute that person? That's, that's so not true. Yeah, I didn't get that either, Brenda. And, and on top of that, and again, folks, we'll speak with Brenda Jacobs. Tomorrow is uh, the Second Amendment, big rally at the State House, need people to come out. Um, they, they don't seem to deal in real time. And, and Brenda, something else, I, I didn't, I had to be somewhere else, but that I wanted to ask them is the, the murder that happened in Newport. You have, all right, granted the alleged killer, he, he viciously used a knife, but that is someone who was out on bail within three months, two gun charges. So right. th- what is the point of having all these laws if they're not going to enforce the laws on the books, that guy, Therese Polson, he never should have been out on bail. If he wasn't out on bail for two gun charges, that you are right, kid, would still be alive today. Exactly. And that's what we find because we, we, like I said, we have to do public records requests on a lot of these cases. And we're finding that more often than not, they're repeat offenders. And even um, a couple years ago when they did that big sting where they took the 26 people off the streets and that big guns, they did a big gun sting. When you look those people up, some of them had been picked up three days prior to that on gun charges. Why were they out within three days? You know, I just, this is where we have a problem. We have a problem enforcing the laws that we already have. And we have a problem prosecuting, you know, the laws that are already on the books. And these repeat offenders keep getting out and it's compounding the problem because the criminals know it's not a big deal to get arrested for this stuff. Yeah. They're not being charged. You know, if anything, the criminal justice system needs to be cleaned up. It, this is about getting criminals to me, getting criminals off the streets. This business of we need to get the guns off the streets so we're going to punish the law abiding gun owners. This should be about getting criminals off the street and keeping criminals off the streets right correct but i totally believe that and i just feel like you know the gun owners we get a bad rap because we are guilty before you know before we even you know are even intent on doing a crime you know it's like we we never intend to commit a crime yet we're already guilty for something that we're never even going to do or never even going to be involved in and um you know and i think that that's wrong um, you know, and, and then yesterday, yesterday was just more proof that they don't know what they're talking about, that they don't understand what the core problem is. And the core problem is getting involved with the youth and, and stopping the youth before they have to become criminals. You know, like we're not providing enough for them. We're not enriching them enough. And and that's where the money should be spent instead of instead of you know, being spent on politicians and being spent on lobbying, that money should be right to the right to the inner cities, right to the minorities, right to the youth programs and try and get these kids some help and enrich their lives and not just not just parade them around in the T-shirts when it's, you know, it's, you know, convenient for them to, to exploit them. Folks, we're speaking with Brenda Jacobs, who is the um, Brenda, what is your official title? You're the uh, how, <laughs> go ahead. How, how do you want to be well, introduced? I am secretary of okay. and lobbyist for Rhode Island Revolver and Rifle. I'm president of the Federated Rhode Island Sportsmen and president of well, Ocean State Junior Rifle. <laughs> I, can, can I just have one title? For instance, I use yes, John DePietro Talk Host. How, how can I yes. introduce you? You Brenda Jacobs. the lobbyist for Rhode Island Revolver and Rifle. Okay. One thing I know, this is also about policing. For instance, when you had the outbreak of murders in Providence, going back, you know, uh, when it all broke out in...
in, it was basically a month ago in, in mid-May. Um, yeah. It was that point that Mayor Lorza suddenly felt under pressure because he wasn't allowing the police to use the gang database. When you had all the shootings and then the murders, the mayor basically said to the police, okay, you can use the gang database. As a result of that, now I know this, Providence police, what did they do? They were doing policing. They were doing surveillance on some of the gangs. They they did some preemptive arrest. There was a gang member they caught who had um, an unlicensed firearm in the car, and he, he, got, he was in his car wearing body armor, tactical gear. Now, that's not someone going to run an errand. He was off to, to no good. My point is, basic policing, if, if Mayor Alorza all along had let the police do preemptive policing, they know who some of the bad guys are. You do some extra surveillance. You know, not every house on a block is the same. In one house, you may have, you know, an elderly couple who lives alone. In the next house, you have someone that's done three stints in prison. They just got out and they have access to weapons. You know, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes. That's who you put an emphasis on. Notice in Providence, the shootings have gone down. The murders have stopped when you let the police go after the true criminals. Right. You know, and the other sad thing about this is that the, the um, anti-gun advocacy groups are all the ones that are also behind um, policing the police. Yes. And, and, you know, and that's it's like, I, I don't understand the mentality there. Like, why would you want to disarm people so they can't protect themselves? Yep. And, what, and then be behind, you know, restricting the police to do their job. And they're also behind early release in prison. So I don't understand how those all tie together and make any sense to anybody. You're right. Um, you know, but they're throwing a lot of money at all of these. Oh, places. yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, and honestly, I really feel like a lot of those advocacy groups, it's really just about the money. and the Absolutely. Salaries. It's really not about yeah. making our, our state safer. Now, folks, Brenda was there yesterday. And Brenda, you saw I was going up and talking with a number of the people. And she's right. They have the T-shirts. And the crowd and the progressive reps come out. And I was actually saying to the people, now, what are the bills that they are introducing with this gun safety legislation? And Brenda, and you saw me active walking around talking to different people. Yep. Do you know, they didn't even know what was being introduced. They, they didn't even oh, no. know what was going to be announced. All they knew was it had something to do with, you know, moms and Linda Finn and wear your T-shirt of red. And they didn't even know what's being announced. They just knew it was supposed to come and stand outside here. Right. And that's what happens, you know, when we've done rallies in the past. And, you know, our, our gun people, they intermingle with um, the anti-gun people. And they have good conversations. Some of them have really good conversations. And at the end of it, they don't even realize they didn't even realize why they were there. And then when we have a conversation with them, they understand our side a little bit better. And are like, oh, what are we doing here? You know, and we've even had our, our gun guys, you know, women are afraid to walk out in Providence. And they've actually walked them to their cars to make them feel safer. Yep. <laughs> so, I like it. You know, so and, and we're like that. You know, we want everybody to feel safe and, and we're tired of. You know, the narrative of making people think that we're unsafe just because we own firearms. You know, we're probably the safest people around because yes. we have so much respect and training and understanding. And, you know, and you got to figure we're the last ones that want to see any violence, any crime, because we get hit. You know, several times when that happens, we get hit. First, that there's a tragedy. Second, you know, then you have to deal with the repercussions of seeing it over and over again in the press. And then, then the finger gets pointed at us, and we had nothing to even do with it. That's right. Now, uh, again, folks, Linda Jacobs, tomorrow from 3 to 7, uh, it's free. It's outside. There's going to be a big group there. It is safe. There's safety in numbers. Uh, there is parking around the Rhode Island State House. Yeah. This is three to seven. And and, yeah. and this is really, Brenda, for people to just come out and show their support. If you are a Second Amendment uh, or just want to show support for the Second Amendment, they pay attention to numbers. Come out tomorrow. Try to wear a yellow shirt outside the Smith Street entrance at the Rhode Island State House between three and seven. Yep. And you'll meet a lot of fantastic people. Yes. I love our community. <laughs>
That is exactly right. Listen, Brenda, I'm going to talk to you again tomorrow just to give it one last push. Keep up the fight. uh, Keep up the good work. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and you letting us be heard. Absolutely. And one more thing. Uh, Anything on the power cord? Have they had any, uh, any? We've got a plan. You do have a plan. I thought so. The Second Amendment people always have a plan. Thank you, Brenda. Okay. (laughs) Folks, there it is. Brenda uh, Jacobs, who's with the uh, Second Amendment lobby. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's Juan. It's John DePietro on this Wednesday. And, um, and yesterday, you know, she, she's exactly right. And I support her. And if you're, I will be out there tomorrow. I'm not exactly sure of the time. I'm involved with another investigation that we've been working on. And, and tomorrow is, is when I have access to some of the evidence. So I'm going to, uh, after the show, I have to go on assignment. But I've been working on this for a while. And then I will be going by uh, the rally at some point. But go out. Listen, and I've seen people. It's safe. During the day, three to seven, you're with a group of people uh, at the Rhode Island State House. It is safe. I've seen people afraid. You know, at one rally, this guy brought his dog, which, again, it, that's fine. But he brought his dog because he was afraid to be walking in in Providence. Um, the police will be out in force. The Capitol Police will be out in force. <clears throat> You'll be OK if, in fact, you go around um, Providence and go to the rally tomorrow. Don't. Here's the thing. If you can't go, you can't go. But it's free. You don't have to say anything just by showing up. There's presence in numbers. But don't let the excuse be that you didn't go because you're afraid. I repeat, the reason for not going tomorrow can't be that you're afraid to go into Providence. Around Providence, around the State House, there is parking and it will be safe. If anything, with the Second Amendment crowd... That could be maybe the safest place to be tomorrow. So I'm telling you, don't if again, if you're tied up with work, you have something else going on. That's one thing. It's not going to be hot. It's actually going to be more seasonable. But don't let that be the reason that you don't go. And I'm going to talk about uh, providence and safety in just a moment. Hey, folks, I want to remind you, though, it's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always join us, uh, listen online, I should say, at the website, DePietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by J. Perry Paving. That's right. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Call them today for a free estimate. Residential, commercial, seal coating, patios. J. Perry Paving, 732-1730. 732-1730. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Free estimate. And on top of that, no one is better for to veterans than Letter J, J. Perry Paving. You can find them on Facebook. They're terrific. And I just want to plant a seed with you. If your uh, grandfather or mom and dad, someone you know is a veteran, if you contact J. Perry Paving and tell them that, they will offer them a tremendous package. So maybe for Father's Day, get your parents' driveway paved with J. Perry Paving, 732-1730. And the benefits of asphalt paving, it's affordable, it's smooth and safe to drive on, it's aesthetically appealing. Whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway, J, letter J, J Perry Paving, 732-1730. You know, I um, I mentioned Providence. And those that are watching on Facebook, you see I have the shirt and the merchandise uh, at the website in the shop, depetro.com, Coinomatic at Wells Avenue. You know, and I've, um, I've gotten some criticism from that, and that's fine. As many of you know, I'm also a proud Italian-American. But um, the thing about Coinomatic is where Raymond Patriarca operated on on Federal Hill. And he is obviously uh, in Rhode Island as someone that grew up here. I don't care what anybody says. If you grew up around here in the, well, I was very young in the 60s, but in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, it was a point of pride. And I I don't care what anybody says. I like to deal in reality and facts. It was a point of pride that the New England organized crime was run out of Providence. Because it was the Boston Red Sox and the Boston Bruins and the Boston Celtics. Uh, Even then, it started as the Boston Patriots became the New England Patriots. And Boston was always towering over Rhode Island. But in New England... Even the Boston families, the Anjulos, they answered. They answered to 
patriarcha. And as other people have told me, you know, people would hear about organized crime and what they were doing and so forth. You have to understand, a lot of the people that ran into trouble with organized crime, they were people that got involved with them. Uh, they weren't just killing like innocent citizens. I'm talking about the patriarchal people. I'm not saying all members of organized crime. But if you've read different books, there's, it's documented in different books how, you know, like Steve Flemmy, who ran, you know, and was with Whitey Bulger, and they were working with the FBI. He, he would be summoned. They called it, you had to go to the office to see the old man. He would be summoned to Federal Hill. And Patriarca would tell him, like, knock it off with some of these shootings and killings that were going on in Boston and the Winter Hill gang and um, in Somerville and so forth. It was uh, Patriarca in many ways kept the peace. And as we have talked about, whether people realize it or not, but people that grew up on Federal Hill will tell you that, you know, Federal Hill, you didn't have vandalism. You didn't have graffiti. You didn't have people robbing, uh, you know, women's handbags. You didn't have that type of thing going on. People feared uh, it was clean. Like I said, there was no graffiti. You would never have had these disgraceful Black Lives Matter and Tifa protesters going up to Federal Hill and threatening people and all this other nonsense. It did not go on. You know, there's a, a famous story, and that's why in the shop, Coinomatic, no matter what anybody says, I know the history. Um, when Raymond ran the hill, there were, that, that type of stuff was not allowed. And there are people that have said you could, you don't even have to have your door locked. So now, if someone was supposed to pick up a gambling debt and they collected, you know, 100000 and then skipped town and went to Vegas with the money, and blew through it and then was hiding out. Now, that is someone who, you know, went on the wrong side of them. And there was definitely some fighting within. But, you know, a lot of that is true. And then as he faded, you could even say the same. Would, would The stuff that Alorza had, has allowed, would Buddy of CNC have allowed it? The answer is no. Absolutely not. Um, people have to feel safe. You can't have panhandlers all over the place. You can't have people lying down on a sidewalk passed out from drugs or booze. Law-abiding citizens don't want to put up with it. <clears throat> so whether it was Raymond or whether it was um, or even Mayor Cianci at the time, you know, the, the key to cities is always it has to be safety. Crime ruins neighborhoods. How many people listening right now? Right now it's 1253. It's Sean DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. So on, on the shop at DePietro.com, you can get the Coinomatic Atwells Avenue merchandise, which has been a big hit. And I know people, I know people that know Raymond Jr. And I have been told that he is flattered by it. He is flattered that I have the merchandise recognizing <clears throat> when Providence was truly run. But you wouldn't have had any of that nonsense. There's no way some of the panhandlers and the homeless and these other degenerates and drunks, you know, sometimes during broad daylight, I'm a grown man in broad daylight, you're downtown. And even, you know, I don't feel safe sometimes, let alone if there was someone trying to run an errand or someone trying to do some shopping and you see these guys and they're very, you know, a little dicey and definitely, you know, a little sketchy. You don't need it. It doesn't make people comfortable. It doesn't help the city. You have to. How many people listening? You know, maybe you have a relative that lives somewhere and then they're the last one still living there. And then they get broken into and then the family moves them out. Crime ruins neighborhoods. <clears throat> we we need the police. We back the police. Um, and. And, and Mayor Alorza is, is learning that. I don't think someone like that is fully going to learn it. But the next mayor in New York City, the, the, the New York City mayoral is being decided based on, on, on crime. Because as someone that lived in New York, you need crowds. You need crowds of people for people to feel comfortable in a place like New York City. And the only way you get crowds is... You have to make sure it's safe for people to be around. The more people that are around, the safer it is. But you're only going to get the people if you, people feel safe.
safe. So it's not that complicated. Folks, it's 1256. Good afternoon. Here I am. It is Juan. It is John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Um, you know, it's comical. I did hear someone saying that they thought the, the problem at Lincoln Woods, there was the big fight over the weekend. You had the beach brawl, but just focusing on um, on the, the beach brawl at Lincoln Woods and the person was saying that they thought the, the reason there was the fight is because of what happened on January 6th at the Capitol. I mean, that, that is just laughable. If there's someone that actually believes that, they, they're not plugged into reality. Uh, to try to compare, that's why, you know, we're not, you know, I talked with so many different people that, yeah, was, was, was January 6th not the greatest day for a lot of Trump supporters? You know, yeah, I'll admit that. But it was, well, what was it, three hours of a rowdy protest? Compared to a summer where the other side destroyed every major city? Did they burn down the Capitol? No. Did they steal or loot the Capitol? Not really. I mean, a couple people took some joke stuff, but it was a rowdy protest. That's really all it was. Um, And it wasn't, I mean, it was Capitol Police. It's not like it was like real D.C. police. It was Capitol Police. And there were a lot of police officers and military in the crowd. But you can't compare the two. Anything rioting and looting and everything, you know, what you're seeing at Lincoln Woods, in other words, that is a result of them watching the disrespect that has gone down the line from what happened last summer. And it's also the defund the police crowd, much like I said to that state senator. Do you feel responsible for young people that won't cooperate with police when there's crime and when you're preaching all the time and telling them not to cooperate? No, I don't see. I mean, they're. Absolutely is a correlation. If people are always saying the NWA song, you know, blank the police, it, it creates a mindset. It does. And if anyone doesn't believe that, um, you know, how many people listening, you have children that started watching the Patriots when they were four years old and five years old. And then they start to get older and appreciate. And let me ask you, when the child becomes 16, 17 years old, are they a San Francisco 49er fan? Are they a... Jet fan, you know, no, you can even see it in sports. Kids, I grew up, uh, my grandfather was a Yankee fan. My father was a Yankee fan. We always watch, or they say conversely, you know, uh, we'd sit around as families and watch the Patriots and root for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. It, it breeds loyalty, even subtly, that that's the team that you root for or the Red Sox. Well, it's the same way if you start to teach children, don't trust the police defund the police. The police want to kill you. The police, if you're ingraining that into their mind, then of course they're not going to cooperate or they're going to have a low opinion of the police. I don't see why people can't see that. I think the larger issue is that they just don't want to take responsibility for it. That's what I think is really at stake. Well, folks, good afternoon on this Wednesday. It is Juan. It's John DePietro. Remember, we start at 11. We go till 2. Power hours next hour. AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can listen. Next hour is radio only at the website. DePietro, no eyes, D-E-P-H-R-O.com. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. When we come back, the Vice President trip was a disaster. And the people that are still horrified over the American flag is a disaster. We're going to talk about that and a lot more. The Power Hour is next. Stay tuned after the 1 o'clock news right here on the John DePietro Show. WNRI Woonsocket, 1380 AM, 99.9 FM.